Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Keith Flaw, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Uh, Dr. George Markovich is my orthopedic surgeon. We'll talk to him about what's happening in healthcare trenches. And we'll also visit with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Uh, he will be joining us as well. It is October the 5th, and on this day in 2011, Steve Jobs, the visionary co-founder of Apple, which revolutionized the computer, music, and mobile communications industries with such devices as Macintosh, iPad, iPod, uh, iPhone. He died at age 56 on this day with complications from pancreatic cancer. Born on February the 24th, 1955, in San Francisco, California, to an unmarried graduate student, Joanne Schneebel, and a Syrian immigrant, Jobs was adopted as a baby by Paul Jobs, a Silicon Valley machinist, and his wife, Clara. After graduating from high school in Cupertino, California in 1972, he attended Reed College, a liberal arts school in Portland, Oregon, for a single semester before dropping out. He later worked briefly for pioneering video video game maker Atari in California, traveled to India, and studied Zen Buddhism. In 1976, Jobs and his computer engineer friend Steve Wozniak founded Apple Computer in Jobs' parents' garage in Los Altos, California. As Bloomberg News would later note about Jobs, he had no formal technical training and no real business experience. What he had instead was an appreciation of technology's elegance and a notion that computers could be more than a hobbyist toy or a corporation's workhorse. These machines could be indispensable tools, said Bloomberg. In 1977, Jobs and Wozniak launched Apple II, which became the first popular personal computer. In 1980, Apple was uh, public, went public, and Jobs, then in his mid-20s, became a multimillionaire. Four years later, Apple debuted the Macintosh, one of the first personal computers to feature a graphical user interface, which allowed people to navigate by pointing and clicking rather than trying to type in commands. In 1985, Jobs left the company following a power struggle with the Apple's board of directors. The same year, he established Next, a business that developed high-performance computers. The machine proved too pricey to gain wide consumer audience. However, British computer scientist Tim Berners-Lee developed the World Wide Web using a Next workstation. In 1986, Jobs acquired a small computer graphics studio founded by filmmaker George Lucas and rechristened its uh, Pixar Animation Studios. In 1995, Pixar released its film Tour Story, the first ever feature-length computer-animated movie. It became a huge box office success and was followed by such award-winning hits as Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, And uh, Walt Disney purchased Pixar for more than $7 billion, making Jobs the largest Disney shareholder. In late 1996, Apple was then uh, floundered without Jobs. 
announced he would buy Next and hire Jobs as an advisor. The following year, he became Apple's interim CEO. In 2000, they dropped the interim. And under his leadership, a nearly bankrupt Apple was transformed to one of the planet's most valuable corporations. A charismatic, demanding perfectionist, Jobs was said to possess the ability to intuit what customers wanted before they knew it themselves. In his trademark jeans and black mock turtleneck, the uh, tech titan turned product launches into highly anticipated events, and Apple introduced a series of innovative digital devices, including the iPod portable music player, the iPhone in 2007, and the iPad tablet computer in 2010, which became part of everyday modern life. Despite a series of medical issues, including surgery in 2004 uh, to remove a pancreatic tumor and 2009 liver transplant, Jobs continued to lead Apple until August the 24th, 2011, when he stepped down as the company's chief executive officer. Six weeks later, he passed away in his Palo Alto, California home. At the time of his death, Jobs, a father of four, had a net worth estimated at around $7 billion, According to biographer Walter Walter Isaacson, a great book, by the way, Jobs was the greatest business executive of our era, the one most certain to be remembered a century from now. History will place him in the pantheon right next to Thomas Edison and Henry Ford. Amazing man, indeed. (laughs) Some strange health habits, but uh, nevertheless, very interesting. He certainly marched to the beat of his own drum. Steve Jobs. Well, Representative uh, Jim Jordan is uh, running for Speaker of the House. The chairman of the House Judiciary and Weaponization Committees rose to prominence as a fierce opponent of President Barack Obama's and Republican Speakers John Boehner and Paul Ryan. Jordan transitioned from Representative Kevin McCarthy's primary irritant to one of his firmest allies, leading to his ascension to the top of the Judiciary Committee. And is unquestionably one of the House Republicans' most effective attack dogs, against alleged corruption in the White House and within the Biden family and is one of the key figures in the House uh, uh, Republicans' impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. The well-known conservative is a founding member of the House Freedom Caucus and continues to hold sway over much of the Republicans' conservative bloc. Jordan begins his campaign with a solid base of support from conservatives, with many stating their intentions to draft him Tuesday uh, after uh, McCarthy's ouster from the speakership. The nine-term lawmaker is still a fundraising, uh, strong fundraiser, perhaps uniquely positioned as a figure who could unite the conservative wing of the party, including those who voted to end McCarthy's speakership with the establishment bloc to which he increasingly has collaborated. Uh, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise will uh, also seek the chamber's speakership, he announced Wednesday, in a letter to his colleagues. Former President Donald Trump has been... Uh, nominated or suggested uh, to become the next Speaker of the House as well. While leaving the courtroom, uh, Trump was addressing the media Wednesday. He uh, was asked about the calls for him to be the next Speaker of the House, to which he said, I would do whatever is best for the country, but made it clear that he was focused on running for president. The House tentatively plans to continue its recess and meet at the com- uh, <clears throat> as a conference on Tuesday. Uh, and, and for on Wednesday, perhaps uh, take this floor to the vote and get a new Speaker of the House. Uh, Pat, Representative Patrick Henry has made his first moves as House Speaker pro tempore by ordering, well, the first thing he did, of course, was to send everybody home. How foolish was that with everything that we have going on? Nevertheless, uh, he ordered former Speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi to vacate her Capitol hideaway office by Wednesday. 
House Republicans have also told Representative Steny Hoyer to vacate his Capitol Highway, uh, Hideaway office, the former Majority Leader's office uh, confirmed on Wednesday. Please vacate the space tomorrow. The room will be rekeyed, wrote a top aide of the GOP-controlled House Administration Committee. The room is going to be reassigned by acting speaker for speaker office use only per the email. Now, I mentioned this seems like a small, minor thing, but I suspect, in fact, I've heard rumors and thoughts that uh, the, uh, Pelosi and Hoyer were accommodated with these offices in order to, for their promise to back him up if he was ever uh, had a vote to vacate the office of Speaker of the House. Uh, of course, uh, Pelosi and Hoyer did not come through, so... Uh, Patrick McHenry, who is a close friend of um, and, and supporter of Kevin McCarthy, uh, had them vacate these offices. So uh, another broken promise, perhaps, from uh, these two legislators. <clears throat> well, the federal government's debt increased by $2.238 trillion in fiscal 2023, according to data published by the Treasury Department. On uh, September the 30th, the last day of fiscal 2022, the federal debt was about $30.9 trillion, according to the Treasury Department data. By the 29th of September in 2023, the last business day of fiscal 2023, it climbed to $33.167 trillion. The $2.238 trillion increase in the federal debt that took place in the fiscal 23 is the third largest uh, fiscal year increase on record. Of course, uh, the record is held when uh, the pandemic was declared and the government, the economy shut down and uh, all kinds of money were being doled out, unfortunately. Unfortunate that, uh, that uh, the private sector was shut down, in my opinion. Well, employees of uh, Kaiser Permanente, more than 75,000 healthcare workers are on strike in what could be the largest healthcare walkout in U.S. history. After the contract between the employees and Kaiser expired over the weekend, employees decided it was time to address staffing shortages, pay, and benefits. There hasn't been much progress in talks. Kaiser said it would do what he can to make sure that nearly 13 million members and patients, uh, their treatments are not disrupted. Still, it could be hard for some to get an appointment or a non-urgent procedure uh, scheduled. Uh, the strike could go on, I've heard one estimate, until Saturday, maybe longer, who knows. Uh, but nevertheless, <clears throat> the people are complaining of burnout and having to do other people's jobs. Uh, hopefully they'll come to some sort of a settlement. Speaking of strikes, striking auto workers are warning that President Joe Biden's green agenda, including electric vehicle mandates, will eliminate their jobs entirely. In interviews with e, &E News, uh, auto workers made clear Biden's EV mandates, uh, electric vehicles, may very well be the end of the road for their jobs in the American auto industry. I think EVs are going to wipe us out, 28-year-old Whitney Walsh, who works at Stellant uh, Stellantis, Portland Parts Distribution Center in Beaverton, Oregon, said, uh, EVs don't need spark plugs. They don't need oil filters. We do a lot of those. We sell a lot of those. If we don't have those parts, I feel like we don't have a lot to do. So uh, even though the union bosses are supporting Biden, <clears throat> one gets the sense from this article anyhow that uh, perhaps he doesn't have much support with his green agenda from striking auto UAW workers. Florida expanded their uh, lead over Democrats to nearly 590,000 registered votes. 
Florida is the home to an incredible state elected officials and a well-organized grassroots machine, Republican Party of Florida Chairman Chris Ziegler said. Republicans grew their, uh, grew their lead over Florida Democrats to 588,930 registered voters as of August 31st. That's pretty darn impressive. Uh, just a few years ago, there were actually more registered Democrats than Republicans in the free state of Florida. Well, Florida's new uh, law allowing the death penalty in cases of child rapists have officially gone into effect this week, as announced by Governor Ron DeSantis on Tuesday evening through a social media post. The law, known as HB 1297, which permits the death penalty for individuals convicted of sexual battery against a person under 12 years of age or attempting such an act, resulting in an injury to the victim's sexual organs. The uh, law took effect on Sunday. Uh, Governor DeSantis emphasized that the minimum sentence for such offenses is life in prison without the possibility of parole, ensuring that those who commit those heinous, heinous crimes will uh, not be released back into society. So word to you pedophiles out there, uh, might be a good idea to move to some other state because you're toast here in the state of Florida. Finally, mortgage rates just continue to climb higher, taking a particularly big leap last week. As a result, total mortgage demand fell 6% compared to the previous week, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. The average contract uh, interest rate for a 30-year uh, fixed-rate mortgage will, with conforming loan balances, that's 726000 or less, increased to 7.53%. Unbelievable. I wonder if we're going to see 9% mortgages as we did back in the uh, 70s. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeatnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Keith Flaw. He is the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. 
The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You heard the commercial from Lulabee's Diner. Well, they're serving dinner now Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. And the menu is just terrific. Great value. It's informal. Don't need a reservation. Stop by Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Wednesday evening through Saturday evening, 4 to 8 p.m. for a great uh, dinner. We have with us... uh, Keith Law, he's the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, certainly. Uh, Florida Citizens Alliance is a grassroots coalition. Um, it's been around since about 2013. Uh, we focus on K-12 through education. Um, what we really get involved with is a number of aspects. Uh, one, uh, certainly trying to stop the indoctrination. Uh, that's taking place in our uh, government schools. But we also are strong advocates for school choice, parental choice, and for parental rights. So um, we get involved at the legislative level. Uh, We have leaders in over 20 counties here now. Uh, We have about 260,000 people in our active database that uh, we help them lend their voice to things going on in both the legislature and locally. I must say, a terrific organization and uh, really got traction in Tallahassee with the governor's office, with the uh, superintendent of uh, schools. Uh, I think I used the wrong word there, title, but... Commissioner. Commissioner of Education, thank you. And also, of course, the state legislature. So, again, just uh, doing fabulous work. Uh, So definitely, I want you to support them. The website is goflca.org, goflca.org. Keith, uh, many people think about libraries and the Library Association to be uh, kind of a benign organization, but uh, not necessarily here in Collier County or across the state of Florida. Well, actually, it's across the whole state, uh, the whole country. Yeah. Uh, the Ameri- we've bumped into the American Library Association over the years on numerous occasions because many of the uh, media center managers in our schools uh, use the uh, local subscriptions that uh, public libraries have uh, as for recommendations on what to what to buy and what to put on the shelves within the schools. Um, there's a uh, pretty extensive effort across the country uh, and growing here in Florida. Uh, we've decided to become strong advocates and join that effort uh, to get our local county commission here in Collier, as an example, uh, to to unsubscribe uh, to that uh, American Library Association service. Um, it's not a big amount of money, 
but it will have a profound effect on sending a message uh, that we're not going to put up with any of this uh, woke garbage that they're promoting. The current president, and your listeners may not be aware of this, uh, ALA has become notorious uh, for its aggressive promotion of drag queen stories and and promoting sexually explicit material in public libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, last spring, the uh, ALA director elected uh, Emily Drabinsky is her name, Drabinsky. Uh, she's a self-proclaimed Marcus, Marxist. She actually was a keynote speaker at the uh, uh, 2023 Socialism Conference, and I quote, public ed- education needs to be a the site of socialist organizing. Libraries really do too. That will be key to advancing the Marxist cause among our youth. Wow. Uh, that's, the, that's the president of the ALA nationally. So we're, uh, we're working with uh, at least a half dozen different groups, Moms for America, Moms for Liberty, uh, Christian Family Coalition, uh, uh, among others. And uh, we're going to be putting together uh, a, a, a county-by-county effort to encourage uh, uh, you know, the, the, the public side of county commissioners uh, to stop funding those subscriptions. And uh, uh, that'll send a, a, you know, a resounding message, at least through Florida and hopefully nationally, because uh, other states are doing the same thing. Um, right now, it's some of the smaller western states, but... Uh, you know, we think that this is an important thing to. Uh, to well, uh, Keith, I'm, I'm glad stop. it's on. Your, I'm glad it's on your radar, and uh, happy that you're taking the action that you. It's interesting uh, that you're not going to the school board; you're going to the county commissioners. I take it the the issue is broader than uh, si- simply public schools. Well, the, 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 we're talking now about the, your public libraries. Yeah. And we, we haven't been particularly involved in those other than my earlier comment where many of the school media center managers use that uh, public library subscription to yeah. decide what books to order. Gotcha. So, so this, is, uh, this is funded literally by the Board of County Commission. Gotcha. Uh, and it's not a big amount of money. I think it's $1,500 subscription, but it buys uh, you know, uh, a whole bunch of influence. Uh, in terms of what's in our public libraries Absolutely. And, uh, and, and school libraries. So right. uh, we think it's relevant. We think it's an important issue uh, and uh, sends a, 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 another message along with the other stuff we're doing uh, to stop uh, getting involved in this woke garbage. Well, thank you for that, Keith, and uh, certainly support your efforts. And speaking of supporting your efforts, uh, I understand you've got a big event coming up uh, soon in, in uh, October. Yeah, October 10th, uh, we've had a three-month uh, effort to raise some money. It's called our Liberty Challenge 2023. It started on July 12th. Uh, on on uh, October 10th, we're having a, a kind of a, a, a final event to cap that three-month effort. Uh, it'll be at the, the Hilton. Uh, our keynote speaker is going to be Nick Adams. Uh, Nick is the present CEO of an organization called FLAG, uh, Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. And he's going to be our keynote speaker. We invite you listeners to come. You can get tickets on our website. Uh, it'll be a great opportunity to celebrate some of the work we're doing, uh, listen to a, a great speaker. Uh, Nick is very involved in, 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 with, with our youth here in, in the country, um, putting um, masculinity back into our young men. Yeah. Uh, everything in our system uh, 
today really destroys that masculinity. And uh, we, you know, we support his efforts and vice versa. So we encourage your listeners to buy tickets and cups. GoFLCA.org is the website. GoFLCA.org. Explore the website. It's very rich and robust, but also uh, make a contribution. Sign up for the event on October the 10th. Keith, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Certainly, Bob. Have a great rest of your week and weekend. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can get some tickets for some great performances coming up and learn more. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich, orthopedic surgeon. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. So uh, you wrote a column about, this is so interesting, everything about the CFPB is unconstitutional. I think you're right, but maybe you can tell us about it. Well, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was created by Dodd-Frank in the 2011 Dodd-Frank bill. And I've been writing about it since it was created. It's completely unconstitutional. The, um, first of all, the, uh, the the entire institution is created by the Fed, 
It, it, we, you and I have talked about this before. The 111 plus quote unquote independent agencies, uh-huh. where they pretend that they're not, you know, in the Constitution, there's three branches of government executive, legislative, and judicial. You can't have an independent agency because that's a fourth branch of government. You right. can, that's, you know, um, unless it's, it's responsible to one of the three, and all these agencies should be responsible to the executive branch, right? Because they're executing the laws passed by Congress. Right. Well, they pretend this, not only do they pretend this is an independent agency, it, it's an independent agency created by the Federal Reserve, which is another independent agency. Right. So it's, it's exponential unconstitutionality. And the, the fact that the Supreme Court ruled on this and said it was unconstitutional, and much as they did with the, um, the, the Patent Trial and Appeal Board, remember we've talked about that, where they ruled, yes, it's unconstitutional, but we'll just add another layer of unconstitutionality and we'll call that legal. Yeah. And what they said about PTAB was, they said, well, yes, the judges are illegal and they're pretending to be the judicial branch and the executive, but if you have the, the head of the USPTO, the Patent Trademark Office, if you have that person review their decisions, then it's constitutional. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, but, they, you know, they declare it unconstitutional, but then they find a, uh, an unconstitutional workaround to the unconstitutionality. Well, they did that with the, uh, with the CFPB, too. They said it's unconstitutional, but, and they came up with some goofy, you know, if, if they worked their way back to the, you know, the head of the Fed, then it's like, no, it's just, just kill it. It's, you, you're right the first time. It's unconstitutional. Well, well anyway. the most the most egregious thing, in my opinion, about this is the fact that apparently uh, the funding of this agency and uh, that's they, what's that's what's before the Supreme Court now. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're, the uh, Congress has nothing. Congress is in charge of the, the purse strings of the United States government, and apparently that's this right. organization operates separate from Congress. They don't get funded by Congress, which is unconstitutional. That's what's being challenged right now. <clears throat> is they they charge fees to pay for themselves yeah so it's it's basically like you know it's it's like a gas station paying for you know charging its 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 customers whatever it wants uh i can't even think of an analogy that's a bad analogy i can't even think of an analogy it's just it's a government entity that can (coughs) wring money out of its customers or, or, or it's victims. It's not even a customer per se. It's a victim. It's the people they're regulating. Right. And 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 so you know they they could conceivably charge more. You know, to, oh, to, we won't regulate you. Just give us more money. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a complete. You basically set up a, a bank mafia. Is what they did. Well, um, and it, they remember this money. is all started because of uh, too big to fail, and the consequence of that is putting small b- uh, banks out of business. And uh, right, well, this is be, you know again, government <coughs> the size of government destroys business on a sliding scale. Yeah, the the big the big banks got thirty percent bigger within two years of Dodd Frank coming into existence because thousands of small banks were being closed because they couldn't afford the new higher level of regulation. And so the little, the big banks just swallowed them up and got 30% bigger. Yeah. Likewise with the CFPB. It's a very intensive regulatory body, and big banks can handle that much better than small banks can. This is where, 
In fact, the CFPB is one of the main reasons why. That's right. A lot of thousands of banks have closed, small banks, and then big banks have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. It's because they're the only ones. Only big business can afford big government. And you know, CFPB you know, is very big business. Yeah, it's, it's, and I, very big government. I, I talked to uh, the president of uh, uh, a national bank in Charlotte. I won't mention the name of the bank, but he, the president of the bank said, "You know what? This is this is uh, creating a lot of work for us. This this law, but never. But uh, what it's going to do is put our smaller competitors out of business, and that's going to benefit us." That's exactly right. The, 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 the reason big business decided to team up. I think at some point in the evolutionary scale, as government got to a certain size, big business decided, hey, well, instead, you know, why fight them? Let's join with them. Right. And we'll work together. And yeah, it'll cost us some money, but it'll cost our competitors everything. Why, do, why should we have to, why, why compete in the private sector at, at doing a better job when we can outcompete them in bribing government to, to write laws that benefit us? And that's the stage we reached about 30 or 40 years ago, actually. And that's, that's why things have gotten so intensely bad from a government regulatory perspective, from a tax perspective, too. And, of course, from a, from a private sector perspective, because we've had fewer and fewer choices uh, on things that matter. I mean, we have 57 bagel flavors, but we only have three or four banks. We've only got three or four insurance companies. Three farm pharmaceutical companies. Um, that's another thing, by the way. The, 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 it costs billions to get a drug approved by by um, the FDA. Gee, I wonder what that does to the little inventor who really invents a good drug. Right. I, yeah, I see. Uh, versus the big this is pharma such, companies. This is such an important point because you're describing the cronyism that exists between big business and big government right now, and it's just getting worse and worse. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Dr. George Markovich. He is my orthopedic surgeon. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. 
you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us my orthopedic surgeon, Dr. George Markovich. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you. I hope you're doing well. I am doing great. Outstanding. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Nobel uh, Prize winners. Uh, and I understand that you got something in my, somebody in mind. Uh, well, listen, the Nobel Prize uh, is awarded uh, every year. <clears throat> started from the guy that invented uh, dynamite. And, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting prize. I, I think... You and I talked about uh, winning awards and prizes several years ago, I remember, because I was getting an award from, I think, the Arthritis Foundation or something. And, and I said, listen, I'm busy. I, I don't have time to do this. <laughs> and, he, and he told me, well, sometimes the prizes are awarded because of the people that are awarding the prize rather than the recipient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an interesting kind of you know, uh, way of uh, understanding it. So the Nobel Prize is won in medicine from... Uh, a couple of researchers from the University of Pennsylvania uh, that uh, did mRNA uh, research that led to the development of vaccines. And, you know, we can uh, debate the merits of vaccines with short-term immunity and things like that, but they were certainly deserved of the prize for a lot of reasons. Hmm. The University of Pennsylvania shunned these researchers. They demoted them. They ridiculed them until they finally... Uh, had uh, some reason to celebrate um, their uh, achievements, uh, which came uh, largely from a breakthrough in 2020, which led to stabilization of mRNA as opposed to DNA that has to get into the nucleus in order to uh, uh, provide machinery for the development of proteins. So, you know, uh, I I think that there's a lot to uh, this award in terms of perseverance and grit, the Hungarian researcher and her colleague, uh, Drew Weissman, deserve a lot of praise. Why they're getting it and why the University of Pennsylvania, where they work, is now, uh, you know, lauding them when for years they did not uh, is another thing. Um, so, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I congratulate the researchers. I don't congratulate science uh, because science sometimes works in mysterious ways. Well, it's interesting because uh, right now, science seems to be this day and age following the money. 
And uh, you don't get funded if you don't have the right point of view on, for example, things like climate change and so forth. It's unfortunate because uh, science now has been corrupted by money. Well, you're absolutely right. And these researchers are a perfect example of that because for years they toiled to get funding. Mm -hmm. And they were turned down, uh, largely because of, you know, the, the political arena, the people that were... Uh, pursuing more, uh, you know, popular ways of doing things, we're given all the money. Yeah. Uh, that's happened, interestingly enough, in peptic ulcer uh, research. You know, the days where pure science was, uh, uh, you know, important um, are long gone. Uh, you know, if you think about, for instance, one of the greatest achievements uh, was the uh, development of penicillin. Um, Alexander Fleming won the Nobel Prize for that, but the story is a lot more interesting. Uh, It was a two-page paper written years earlier, and when people were dying in World War II, the the generals, the leaders said, you know, this is unacceptable. We need to find a way to combat battlefield infections, which were taking more lives than the actual injuries that occurred in the battlefield. Mm. And they scoured the literature, and they finally found this observational paper. And to the credit of the person that saw it and made it into something with the uh, observation that Alexander Fleming, as a young researcher, uh, you know, uh, observed, uh, they gave him all the credit. And years later, they awarded him the Nobel Prize. Now, that type of activity is long gone, you know. Yeah. The, the guy that would have found it would have patented it and would have done all kinds of things in terms of monetary benefit, I'm sure, in this day and age. But, uh, you know, back to the Nobel Prize. I mean, they awarded Albert Gore the Nobel Prize, and the second-place person saved thousands of lives during World War II, another World War II story. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody is more of a hypocrite in this world than Albert Gore. Right. Uh, they awarded Obama, the uh, I think, the Peace Prize just a couple of months after he won the presidency. Yeah. Why? I still can't understand that. Um, now, that's not a political statement. That's just an observation, another observation that I find hard to understand. Yeah, it was a political statement. It had nothing to do with the... Uh, <laughs> Barack Obama hadn't been in office long enough to have an impact on peace, global peace. <laughs> so uh, so I, I certainly get your point. Sad thing that's happening today, though, is we, we have... Uh, Scientific science science seems to be uh, by acclamation. Usually, science is somebody who steps away from the crowd and makes a discovery that's the antithesis of the current belief system. And uh, most scientists are, are kind of discovering new things, and that means that they're going in the opposite direction of uh, the current accepted beliefs. Uh, right now, it seems that uh, most people are saying, well, you know what? If uh, 97% of the, the people or scientists think that we have global uh, warming, then it must be true. So years ago, <clears throat> uh, a, a pathologist won the Nobel Prize, not, not that long ago, for uh, heliobacter causing peptic ulcer disease. Mm. He was shunned. He was discredited. Peptic ulcer disease was due to other factors than a bacteria. That's just crazy talk. He ended up basically inoculating himself to prove his point, which was correct, and it transformed the treatment of that malady. Um, You are exactly correct, and we should celebrate people that can look at things a little bit differently 
and make determinations that can benefit mankind. Uh, that kind of thinking is trying to be stamped down by really smart people that want to control things. And they don't deserve any prize whatsoever. They're dangerous, yep. and I hope that the pendulum swings. Me as well. Thank you for that. Before I let you go, I do want to thank you for everything you've done for me and my personal health. In 2006, you replaced both of my knees, and I'm so grateful. At the time, I was deformed, actually, bow-legged. I had trouble just walking even 100 yards. It was incredible. <clears throat> and uh, what you did for me was so helpful. And you took you took the time necessary to you know make sure that the replacement was the right thing for me. And then uh, just last year... You replaced my hip, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, actually, it's a medical miracle uh, in, in terms of how quickly it happened and the lack of pain that was involved. And so I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. We, we stand on the shoulders of giants, and I had great teachers. And now I try to apply those things every minute of every day to help people out. And, and, and thank you so much for saying that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Markovich can be reached at 482 Five three nine nine four eight two five three nine nine. If you have joint pain, shoulder, hips, knees, whatever it might be, uh, don't live in pain. Uh, get some help, and Dr. Markovich is the guy to do it for you. Four eight two five three nine nine. Doctor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Likewise, thank you so much, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Well, 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. The website is thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for being available. Hey, Bob, no matter, no matter what, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate, appreciate that so much. Any good scoop? What's going on? Well, um, today Gary will announce uh, for mayor. Gary Price will announce for mayor today, um, which is a good thing for the city. Right. And um, <clears throat> I understand, Bob, I haven't seen a copy of it yet, but Teresa Hyman was finally depositioned on that ethics thing. Uh, that's been hanging around the state ethics committee now for almost two years. Wow. Well, they they uh, did her deposition, and uh, they also did Charles Chapman, our former city manager's deposition. And I uh, haven't seen it yet, but it's my understanding that the former city attorney mailed the depositions to counsel and, uh, and to the mayor, uh, which is an absolute no-no. And uh, so we should have some... Uh, we certainly should have some results by by next week. I mean, we'll, we'll see it and see what it said and what she says and all that. Um, and I don't think she probably wants that hanging over her head right now. So I can't wait to see the results of that. That's so interesting. Um, can you, Bill? Can you remind our listeners of the reason for the complaint? Well, yeah, it's been so long. It's been about two years ago um, that she accused uh, or allegedly. Um, she made accusations against our uh, tech director, uh, his name was Brian Dye, that he had done illegal things in the city and that he had um, made all kinds of statements, um, uh, and and uh, he adamantly denied them, and it went to court and dragged out, and uh, he has a very, very good attorney. He was a fine young man. He is, I should say that. And he went and... Um, eventually got himself another job, but this thing has been dragging in front of the state ethics committee, uh, the charge against her, um, uh, for quite some time. So now we're going to get some results. Everybody's been wondering. She also made accusations, uh, allegedly against myself and Kevin Rambosk. And, um, so the, um, the former city manager said the only way he was going to testify in this is, is if he were subpoenaed and he was. And so, um, I understand that they did that by uh, virtual, and uh, so we're going to find out a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is is it is it usual? Is it a standard procedure to wait two years for the discovery of this thing? Well, Bob, you know as good as I do. I mean, you just can't pin them down, and they have so many cases, I guess. But they do get around to them, and that's the word that I that's the word that I get if I get anything. Um, uh, uh, more concrete. Um, I will. Uh, I will get back to you before next Thursday. Um, next Thursday, we're on the road. Uh, uh, actually, we'll be on our way to Naples, but we will definitely call in Thursday morning because we should be in Stark, Florida. So, be in Naples by noon on Thursday. Fabulous. But uh, we'll we'll talk next Thursday morning for sure. Well, look forward to it. Bill Barnett again, former mayor of Naples, and. Maybe the greatest mayor of all time. <laughs> oh, geez, Bob. You, you, you make me blush when you say that. So, you are real quick. I know you're in a, you're in a, uh, 
got to get out of here this morning. But what? Um, uh, any 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 word going on down there? You've been watching the national stuff. Oh yeah, watching it like uh, like crazy, and of course uh, we are now have a speaker of uh, the house uh, position right. vacated up in Washington D.C. It's all so interesting, and there's so many opinions floating around and what's going on. So, uh, what are your thoughts? What, I'd love to get your thoughts on what's happening. Well, my thoughts are probably very similar to yours. I I just feel that um, they were, they've been in a box ever since. When you have six six or eight people that are that are capable of carrying the whole um, the whole house and you see they uh, they get backed up like that and then they just they absolutely ended up controlling it yeah whereas now we're in a now we're in a worse box than we were before and McCarthy I didn't dislike McCarthy I mean I thought he he gave it his best shot he had a lot of people that were that were that spoke for him so now the question is do you have a someone that you think is um, capable and they're all capable but of doing a good job and actually leading and being able to get um, votes uh, to carry votes. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't keep going like this. Well, you know, I, my, my opinion for what it's worth is that uh, uh, McCarthy was a good guy, but uh, quite frankly, he made a commitment to the conservatives of what he would have right. regular order. They would come out with nine, nine budget uh, recommendations uh, for approval by the Senate and for the uh, President of the United States. He waited until the last hour, and then he didn't do it. Then he ended up recommending a, a, a continuing resolution uh, be, be as a stopgap measure, uh, which was against everything that he committed to back in January and February, so, uh, you know, quite frankly, I, I'm proud of Gates for what, what he did. I think it's right. good. It's a kind of a break shot, breaks things up. It's, it's, it's created chaos. But I think that's good right now because continuing on the way we were going, we're going to end up bankrupt. Well, we already are bankrupt. We're just, uh, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. just have to change what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, well, I, I, I agree with you. Um, but I think there are some guys out there um, – that are some people out there that can do a good job and let's hope they get the damn thing through bob by wednesday or whenever they're going to vote or what have you because can't keep dragging their feet well of course you've got uh several candidates that have raised their hands uh uh to become speaker of the house one uh name that's come up a couple of times to be nominated as speaker of the house is former president donald trump yeah i know that i don't think he wants that <laughs> He, he said a couple of times last night, he's not, I, I don't think he wants that, and I don't know whether that's a good idea or not. Were your thoughts? I don't, I, I, quite frankly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have an opinion about it. I just, I think, I think he'd probably do a great job, but uh, I think it would uh, distract away from his focus, which is to yeah. uh, become president. So, Plus uh, he's got his hands full, so, it, you know. Um, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. So, um but there's a couple of other ones that have been named that uh, that have good credentials and that I think might carry the support of the majority of the group um, uh, in unison so that uh, they can really move ahead and, and, and get some things done. There's still plenty of time. Plenty of time. Again, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Again, maybe the greatest mayor of all time. I just well, genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob, and look forward to talking to you next week. Take Absolutely. Care. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Learned a lot. 
Uh, we've got some great guests for the Barra Show, including Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, William Yateman, he is a senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books. Also, he writes a column for Newsmax. It's called on point, newsmax.com. Uh, check it out. It's just a great commentary from uh, Professor Larry Bell. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I really appreciate your patronage and uh, listening to the show. If you have uh, friends, uh, to, I hope you'll pass the word on and let them know if you do enjoy the show. That would be great because it supports our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I just really appreciate, again, you're listening to the show, and I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com.